Good evening. Welcome to the Lion Eyes podcast. Uh, it actually could be any time of day. I don't know when you're listening to this. So uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, today is October 16th, 2014. We're on our second podcast. Our product guarantee to you, our loyal listeners, it will be as awkward as the first one. That's That's it. Guaranteed. Let's get that out of the way. So lower your expectations right now. I'm your host, Art Leon. So welcome to our crazy world of internet nonsense, the podcast. Preview of what's coming up the rest of the show. We have a little Columbus Day talk. Uh, we're going to go over uh, the Royals, some basketball, uh, one sentence on politics uh, then move on to pop culture and do a little lionizing on SNL and some other pop culture trivias or pop culture issues. Uh, then we're going to talk about almost dying and getting scared shitless. So that's a little a little teaser, a little teaser uh, moving forward. So keep that in the back of your mind. Whenever you start tuning out, get bored of what we're talking about, you're going to miss out on a story of near death, near near white knuckle death, and getting scared shitless. Two, two stories. So don't go anywhere. And then lastly, some tweets and Googles. So hopefully you're, you stick around for that. So, so first up, we're going to open with our weekly segment, Unclassy Guys Doing Classy Things. Again, Unclassy Guys Doing Classy Things, sponsored by Insert Sponsor Here. Kind of screwed that up uh, last week. Uh, actually going to pause right now and uh, shout out to our, our loyal listeners. Uh, some great feedback. Talk about that later when we get to the tweets and and Googles. Uh, but right now, unclassy guys doing classy things. Quick backstory: uh, Columbus Day was Monday, so our our unclassy guys doing classy things does revolve around good old Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus, who in 1942 sailed the ocean blue on the Nina Pita. Add Santa Maria. How many times in elementary school did we get that drilled into our heads? Um, nice little rhyme. So, of course, we remember that. Christopher Columbus was a monster. Horrible, horrible human. I, I can't emphasize that point enough. He was a horrible person. Uh, in case you missed that last part, Christopher Columbus was a horrible person. He introduced smallpox to the new world that was his way of fighting back or defeating the natives who lived here throughout his life for the rest of his life christopher columbus actually claimed that he had in fact landed in asia even when countless people were like chris uh you're wrong evidence clearly shows you were nowhere near asia he was still like no 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 that's it's asia christopher columbus the Queen and King of Spain offered a lifetime pension for the first person on the three ships that spotted land. The guy who spotted it was on the Santa Maria, I believe. The Santa Maria. Don't quote me on that. Actually, he was not on Christopher Columbus' ship. Christopher Columbus captained the 
the uh, Pinta, so he was on one of the other two ships. The guy's up at the, the, the crow's nest, spots land, tells the captain of that ship. The captain of that ship does whatever signal they're supposed to do for land. Christopher Columbus walks out and is like, oh, yeah, look at there's mm-hmm, – definitely see that. When they get back to Spain, he tells the king and queen that he saw land first hours before and he put it in his journal – uh, which obviously was time stamped hours before this other guy. Uh, so that's, uh, that's convenient. Good old Christopher Columbus. Um, and that's, I think, just a summation of, of who he is. Uh, so anyway, that, there's our backstory. Columbus Day, stupid, stupid holiday. It should be renamed. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, Unclassy guys doing classy things. Traveling the world. That's a pretty classy thing. Uh, be able to say that you've been to another continent, you know, transcontinental flights, different countries. Well, when you have an unclassy guy doing it, you, you, you're you going to get some hijinks. And we'll touch upon this. This specific story, as I said, ties in with Columbus Day. So I'm in Barcelona where we're going down La Rambla, which is the famous street in, in Barcelona. Whereas if, if you ever find yourself there, don't get pickpocketed. It's It happens. Just be smart. There's a ton of things to see. Barcelona is a, a great, great city. Uh, also, um, I find out it's considered the, the gay capital of Western Europe. I didn't know that was a thing, but they put it on, on tourist stuff. When you're reading on Barcelona – I, I guess that's something they would advertise. I don't know. If you happen to be listening to this and that turns you off, don't don't let it don't let it turn you off. It's a it's a fun town. It's great. There's a lot to see. So anyway, we're there. I'm looking at the map and they, they keep making this big deal about the statue for uh, Colon. You know, the explorer Colon, which, you know, in English, colon. Um, and I'm, I, I don't understand. I'm like, why are they, why are they making this point about, I, I, I could give two shits and I'm trying to rack my brain, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, all the different explorers I could think of. And, you know, Golong is not really ringing a bell. We get up at the end of the statue and, you know, there's a bunch of tourists there because obviously on all the tourist things, they're, they're making a big deal about the statue. People are standing all around. They're taking pictures. The, the statue is ginormous. It's this huge base. And in the base, there's lions, there's the eagles, there's seals from, uh, like, country seals, not actual, like, the animal seals of, of several different countries, uh, Spain, uh, Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and this huge column. And at the very top of the column, there's a nine-foot statue of a man who's pointing out into the ocean. Turns out, as I'm looking at the statue, I'm like, what do all these, these countries have in common? You know, there's, uh, I think they had one for like Venezuela, um, all the Caribbean islands. And I look up, I'm looking at the guy and it's, it's fucking Christopher Columbus. And I said it out loud. I'm like, Oh, this is Christopher Columbus. And other people around me like stopped and looked at me like, how, how stupid are you? How did you not know this? Were you not reading the material? And I felt like such an idiot. I like I I'm pretty sure somebody even made a comment. I don't remember. It's been a while. 
I just remember that the feeling of absolute stupidity I felt standing at this statue and not having realized what I was about to look at. Uh, so now you know. So I'm trying to help you out making life mistakes so that my loyal listeners know Christopher Columbus, not called Christopher Columbus, obviously was an English speech speaker. So Christopher transferred, uh, translate into different uh, languages in Spanish it would be Cristobal. Um, and then um, in Spanish, his last name, uh, they called uh, Colón, which they translated from the Latin name. His Latin name would have been Cristobo Colombo. And so the Spanish translated the Latin name into Spanish. And then we Americans also translated the Latin and came up with Columbus uh, instead of being able to say Colombo or Colón or the Italian uh, version of of his name. So, yeah, Americans calling people whatever we want to call them. So now you know Christopher Columbus, not called Christopher Columbus in his native land. Um, so I chocolate at that that this monster of a human being is actually going to be called the wrong name for the rest of eternity by the people uh, that live in the countries he discovered. Although he didn't discover America, he didn't actually land in America, and the Vikings have been here first. So uh, we'll end our unclassy guys doing classy things with this little summation. Figure out what you're actually seeing before you see it, and uh, fuck Christopher Columbus. So moving on to sports, because why not? Because sports. Um, big week. Big week in sports. Uh, first and foremost, let's start with the Royals here. And this week I actually took some notes, so maybe we'll be able to talk about things uh, intelligently instead of just pulling everything out of my ass like we did last week. <clears throat> I, I think I did... I don't remember. I think I predicted the Royals winning. Uh, they did. They swept the O's, um, which makes the Orioles the first, or excuse me, make the Royals the first team to start the postseason eight and O. So they won that wild card playoff game, and then um, that was against the Athletics. Then they won the three game um, ALDS, the division series. And now they won the American League Championship Series. Uh, so that's one game, three games, and four games. That's how you get the eight games. Um, the wild card is only three years old, so that's that's why they're the first team to go eight and zero. There, there are a plethora of other teams that have gone seven and zero to start the series, or even um, the four games back in the day when there was only uh, the single pennant and two teams would go into the playoffs. Royals haven't been to the World Series since 1985, so I know Kansas City really excited. Uh, we talked about this last week. Kansas City, you know, the Chiefs haven't uh, had football success since uh, Super Bowl three. Uh, Lenny Dawson leading them. Uh, they had been to what was it, Super Bowl one and lost that, and then Super Bowl was it three or four? Uh, maybe it was Super Bowl four, right? No, Super Bowl four because Super Bowl three is gonna be uh, Broadway Joe and the the Jets. Somebody, uh, I'm sure I'm gonna hear about this 
if I'm I yeah I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna correct myself Super Bowl three Jets Super Bowl four uh, Chiefs so since Super Bowl four or 1985, uh, Kansas City, not a lot to root for there. So, you know, I'm happy for them uh, that they went. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with my prediction that whoever comes out of the NL, and right now it's looking like the Giants, uh, they're going to win that. Uh, and, and here's here's why. Here's some stats about the Royals, first of all. Uh, they're, they've had 15 infield hits, uh, which is the same number of infield hits that all the other playoff teams have had combined so that that they're fast i I talked about this last week they're fast team they're defensive uh, so that's that's the pros for kansas city Uh, they have a 265 team average 95 home runs 604 rbis those are their team numbers for the regular season so over the course of 162 games 265 batting average 95 home runs 604 rbis Let's put those numbers into a little bit of perspective. The Dodgers, who many going into the playoffs had as their number one team, they had a 265 batting average, 135 home runs, and 686 RBIs. The Nationals, who had the best record in the National League, had a 253 batting average, so that's lower, 152 home runs, which is considerably higher, and a 635 runs batted in so as you can see the royals not an offensive juggernaut but a defensive defensive team so this is as i said it's going to be an exciting series um, defense does win championships so i'm still i'm stupidly going to go with the national league uh, i think they're going to have the the team that wins out i'm going to be rooting for the royals though um so we'll see. We'll keep you updated. We'll talk about that as it happens. It's been an exciting Major League Baseball playoffs. We're going to keep keep up on that. Um, sticking with sports, I think the big story of the week is uh, starting to get some buzz. Uh, basketball, they're talking about playing around with the, the minutes in a game. So for our listeners that aren't up to date on basketball minutes, at the high school level, you have eight-minute quarters, so the four quarters, eight minutes. And then at the college level, you have two 20-minute halves, so they make a 40-minute game. Uh, that 40-minute that game is also the same for international play and Europe European play, so the, the Europe League um, and you know any international play. So that, that's the Olympics. And whenever we have scrimmages, all that nonsense, it's 40 minutes of basketball. And then the NBA is very different with 48 minutes. So they're talking about playing 44 minutes of basketball. They're going to take one minute uh, away from each of the quarters and have the game at 44. My opinion, I think they should lower the number of games in a season. A lot of people are echoing that. LeBron James came out this week and supported that. Uh, Dirk Nowinski from Dallas uh, came out and he supported that and a slew of, of other players. And, and here's my opinion. The, if you lower the number of minutes, you're still going to play LeBron. You're still going to play Carmelo Anthony. You're still going to play... Uh, I was about to say Kobe Bryant, but you're not going to play him a lot anymore because he's getting old. Um, uh, John Wall, you're still going to play these top-tier players. John Wall's not a top-tier player. I regret saying that instantly. 
Like the words came out of my mouth and I was just like, ah, why did I use him as an example? Regardless, your top tier players, Kevin Durant. There we go. That would have been a much better example. Kevin Durant. You're going to play these guys for, you know, 37, 38, 40 minutes, regardless of if it's 44 minutes or 48 minutes, you're not going to give them less playing time. That's what they're used to. That's what their stamina is for. They're your top tier players. So who's going to suffer? Your subs. Your subs are going to get less minutes because of this. And you're going to lose some of that pace of play, you know, being able to take the sub out and, or excuse me, take the star out, put a sub in and, and know that your star is still going to get that time later in the game. So that, that's, I think, going to, going to suffer. And it, it, it doesn't save the players and that's the point you know a lot of these top tier players are are saying you know it's not going to save them or save their knees or save their health by playing less uh, having the game shorten excuse me because they're still they're still playing the 82 games so the talk is lowering the number of games i don't have a suggestion uh this is what the nba does they play eight uh every team in their conference uh or their division, excuse me. Every team in the division, they play eight times. And then they play everybody in their conference seven times. And that's the, that's the NBA schedule. That's how it's, it's made up. Uh, and, and some of these players are saying you don't need to play everybody that much to figure out who are the eight teams in each conference that is, that is going on to the playoffs. Uh, and to put that in context to compare with other sports, hockey, also an 82-game season. Uh, they play four to five games against everybody else in their um, their division. And then they play three games with everybody who's in their, in their conference but not in their division. Uh, so, for example, you know, everybody in the Metropolitan is going to play each other four to five times. And then they're going to play everybody else in the East three times. And then they're going to play everybody in the West two times. Uh, so that's that's a lot of games uh, right there you know, for hockey to kind of sort things out. But then when you break down their schedule, you know, you're only getting those four games against everybody in, in your division. And then you're playing everybody else three times. So when you when you look at it like that, you know, in a game like hockey, I, the 82 season, I don't know if you can shorten that. Basketball, though, you're playing everybody in your conference eight times. You know, um, I don't know how many four and fours you're seeing uh, that you really need to justify playing that many times. And then you play everybody in your division seven times. So you're going through the Eastern Conference and playing each team seven different occasions, you could probably get away with lowering that number to five. You know, keep keep the conference games at eight because that's really gonna you know pretty much set your playoff roster there, and then lower the number of times you play in those division games, and then really look uh, the remainder of the schedule if you're playing the the other league. You know, get rid of those or lower them. You know, make that maybe one time. Um. Also, uh, let's see, what, what do we have here? Baseball, uh, you play everybody in your division 18 times, which is bananas. Uh, baseball's 162 games, so a much longer season. And then the NFL, uh, 17 weeks, everybody plays 16 times. You play everybody in your division twice, and then you play one other division in your league. You play everybody there once, and then you play one 
division in the other conference. You play everybody in that division once. There's five games. So six games are in your division, and then five games are in the an inner league, and then five game or inner division. Uh, no, excuse me, inner league. I had that right. And then five games in the inner conference. Uh, so put in perspective, like I said, the basketball season, I'm in support of lowering the number of games. Let me know what you think. You know, at Lion Eyes Podcast on Twitter. That's at Lion Eyes Podcast. Or send in an email, uh, Lion Eyes Podcast at gmail.com. Sticking with sports. Uh, NFL Week 6, looking at how some of those games turned out. Some storylines worth talking about. The big one for me, uh, Hoyer from Cleveland said that he will not sign to come back next year unless Johnny Manziel is not on the team. So Hoyer winning some games, putting Cleveland on the map, pretty much securing that he has a starting spot. Um He's uh he's big dicking it pretty much. He's saying, look, I don't want to have to look over my shoulder and see that kid there. Number one draft pick. You know, Cleveland has invested a lot in him. As long as he's on the roster, Hoyer's got to think at the first sign of making a mistake, they're going to plug the kid in. You don't waste that much money and not play him. Um, so I have no problem with that demand. You know, this is professional sports. Uh, it's a business. And he's saying, look. I got to look out for number one. You know, the season he's having, some team's going to pick him up. Uh, a team like Jacksonville, Minnesota, uh, the Raiders, the Texans need a quarterback. Somebody in the league is going to pick up Brian Hoyer. So he, I think he can make that kind of demand, especially with the year he's having, and not have to put up with having to look behind the sol- uh, his shoulder and see Johnny Manziel there. The other big story coming out of week six, the Seahawks lost to the Cowboys. Are the Cowboys real? Uh, That's the big thing uh, to check out here. And what I find interesting and ironic is the view of Tony Romo. Like Tony Romo right now, everyone starts talking about, you know, about this time when the Cowboys get a big win. Tony Romo, very underrated. Tony Romo, look at his statistics. He has the big wins. He has the comeback wins. He has the numbers. He has the touchdowns. As soon as Dallas loses, as soon as Tony Romo throws four interceptions in a game without fail Tony Romo worst quarterback Tony Romo overrated Tony Romo get him out of Dallas this poor guy gets such ridicule depending on the game performance you know so many other quarterbacks are given slack Peyton Manning can lose a big game and everyone's saying oh Peyton Manning is still one of the greatest it's okay I want him in in my in my team Aaron Rodgers to start the season the Green Bay Packers are struggling and people are still saying Aaron Rodgers you have a one game I take Aaron Rodgers to be my quarterback Tony Romo he's winning people throw him in that conversation oh he's top 10 quarterback he can play against everyone else the minute he loses oh I don't know if I have Tony Romo in my top 15 he might not even be in the top 20 yeah I'm starting to feel bad for the guy you know that's got to be hard to go through your career um, and, and get that kind of scrutiny. Uh, so I'm, I'm calling it, though. You know, Watch. As soon as the Cowboys lose, as soon as he has a game where he throws a pick right at the end as they're trying to, to go down the field to win, turn on the news and watch people pick Tony Romo apart. Uh, so just wait for that. I'm calling it. Think about this podcast when you hear that. 
That's yeah. Uh, other big news out of the week: the Eagles beating the Giants twenty-seven to zero. Whoop de doo! Why aren't I excited? Twenty-seven to zero. Great game because I tied in my fantasy this week. You heard me tied in my fantasy. 181 to 181. And if you're wondering right now, who the hell scores 181 points in their fantasy? We'll get into that later. My league's ridiculous. The scoring is, uh, how do I put this? Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Bananas. Either way, I have Nick Foles. I have Jeremy Macklin. My opponent, all they have left is the Giants' defense. I, that's all I really have to say. Anybody who's played fantasy, that I think sums it up right there. Going into that game, I had no doubt that I would win. Mind you, I was down uh, like 20-something to start, but I was so sure. Jeremy Macklin, Nick Foles, I can easily get 20 points plus whatever their defense is going to cover. No. No. Nick Foles, two interceptions, so I lose four points. He gets six points. Hey, that doesn't seem fair. A quarterback loses two points when he scores or throws an interception, but the defense somehow gets three points. I know. I know, and I've brought this up in my league. We should vote on this. This is a point inconsistency. My league is full of point inconsistencies, but no, let's not vote on this. But let's make sure we do vote on the day of our draft that whoever loses this league has to wear a dress and take a picture of it. Let's make sure we have time to vote on that, but not vote on point inconsistencies. I'm not frustrated about this at all. Not one bit. I am. I really am. Let's move on from that. We don't need to stress anybody out. I say that as I look down at my list, and the last thing I wanted to talk about week six was the tie of Carolina-Cincinnati, which doesn't frustrate me at all. And then next to it, I have written, if time, dot, 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 Dolphins. Fuck you, Dolphins. That's all I'm going to say. You allowed Aaron Rodgers to do the Dan Marino at your home. Punt, or fake spike throws the ball. That's the Dan Marino move. You allowed an opposing player to do it. You lost at the end of the game. Let's just move on. It's not worth it. Full disclosure, I'm a Dolphins fan. Every week I put up with this. Every week. We're done with sports. No, uh, wait. I was gonna make some. Uh, I was gonna make some picks. Uh, put my reputation on the line here. Um, let's see. Jets, Patriots, the game hasn't started yet. I think it's going to be a close one. I, the Patriots, I still have squeaking through. It will be a close one. So if the, the Patriots lose, don't come back and start sending me hate email. You got this wrong. Also, don't take betting advice from me. So if you're dumb enough to do that, um, you want to have a problem, go seek help. If you're that desperate, you're taking betting advice from me, go seek help. One, you need you need help. Two, you deserve to lose. If I'm your source of of betting now in saying that i am a pick'em league champion and i am my defending fantasy football league champion so what does that mean nothing it means it means nothing let's go through that anyway let's move on let's make these picks real quick uh vikings bills bills 
Falcons, Ravens. That's going to be a shootout. I'm, I'm not going to make a pick on that. Uh, let's go Ravens. Uh, Browns, Jack, Browns. Never pick the Jags. Uh, Panthers, Packers. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Packers at home. Uh, Dolphins, Bears, Bears. Not even, uh, shut up. Shut up. Anybody, oh, you're a Dolphins fan. You're not going to, you're not going to root for the Dolphins. You're not going to pick, I'm going to root for them. They're going to break my heart. Bears. Bengals, Colts. The Colts. That should be, that's going to be another good game. Bengals need to bounce back after that loss. Uh, yeah, Colts. Colts going to win that. Uh, Lions, Saints. Here's a, Every time I pick the Lions, they lose. You, you look at that game on paper, the Lions should win. Um, the Saints need to get some wins, though. That's a tough one. This is a tough week for picks. Uh, let's go Lions. Let's go Lions that look stupid. Seahawks, Rams, Seahawks, uh, Redskins, Titans. I'm going to pick the Redskins on this. I'm going to pick the Redskins. I picked them twice already this year, and they've, they've hurt me. Yeah, Redskins. Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, this is gonna be. This is such a good week of football, man. Uh, Chargers. Chiefs. Ah. Yeah, Chargers at home. Char Actually, I don't know. Hold on to that. Let me see who's healthy on that game. Uh, Cowboys, Giants. That's gonna be a fun game. Cowboys. Uh, Cardinals, Raiders. Cardinals. Uh, San Francisco, Broncos, San Fran, and lastly, Texans, Steelers. Texas. My lock of the week, Seahawks Rams. So if you're that guy who's the gambling addiction, that's my lock of the week. Bet on it. Take that to the bank. Seahawks over the Rams. I don't know what the points are. Uh, take take the points. Take take the points. That's gonna be my uh, it's my betting advice for for the week. Uh, Moving on. Moving on. I promised you a one-sentence A topic. Here's my one-sentence. Go vote. All right. Moving on to some pop culture. Saturday Night Live turns 40 this season. There are, they've got three episodes uh, done, three, three shows recorded, and uh, they're doing this year – uh, right before the live show, they're airing a classic episode. So they've aired uh, two from the first season. Uh, they aired one with Alec Baldwin as the the host. I think that was from the early 90s. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, but on the flip side of it, it also shows just how far SNL has fallen. Uh, you know, obviously they're picking these great episodes. Uh, you watch that, and and then you see the new episodes. And they're how do I put this? Not good. They're just they're just not good. Um, and I want to apologize again for the transition. I mean, literally a minute ago we we're talking about sports, and then we moved on. I've got to figure out these transitions. I yeah, it's it's bad. We'll work on it. Don't send any letters, and I get it. They're not good. So who do we have on the show this year that's making it less? Than exciting. Uh, new cast members. Um, let's see. This year, Michael Che is new. Uh, Pete Davison is new. Uh, Colin Jost. I mean, he's from tail end of last year, but I guess technically he's new. Mike O'Brien out. Noel Wells out. Brooks Wheeler out. Mike O'Brien, unfortunately, he's out. I enjoyed the skits he was in. Uh, he's tall guy. He stood out. 
Uh, he had great timing, uh, very deadpan. Uh, one skit uh, stands out. Uh, he did the the the, the cop, um, you know, recording in the the studio. Um, that was funny. That was that was a good skit. I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed his work. Uh, it's unfortunate he's not in front of the camera. Hopefully he contributes. I think this season he's only written one sketch though. Uh, let's see. So here's our full our full cast for this year. Daryl Hammond coming in as an announcer. Uh, we have Vanessa Bayer, uh, Andy Bryant. She's great. What a gem. She's hilarious. Everything she's in, she's so good. Uh, Taryn Killam, uh, Kate McKinnon, Bobby Moynihan. I like Bobby Moynihan. I'm, I'm a fan of Bobby Moynihan. I, whatever. If you don't like him, I've, whatever. Move on. Jay Farrell, overrated. Cecily Strong, gem. Uh, Keenan Thompson. I know you love him. I, he's been on the show 11 seasons. People have to love him. I recognize his talent. That's what I'm going to say about that. Our featured players, Beck Bennett, uh, Michael Che, Dave Peters, or Pete Davidson, excuse me, Colin Jost, the worst, uh, Kyle Mooney, and Shazir, uh, I don't have her last name written down. Um, that's embarrassing. I took notes. I can't even get her last name uh, written down. I'll get this next week. I'll formally apologize. I'll, I'll get that. Uh why don't I look it up? I'm going to look that right now. I'm going to look up. How do I miss getting – I take the time to write down the entire cast and I can't even – I skip over her last name. Makes no sense. While I'm doing this, let's, let's review. Uh, we've had Chris Pratt was the first host. That episode was uh, odd, uh, which fits his personality but still uh, – Still just an all-around odd episode, a weird opening. Uh, I don't feel like it was hype this year. There wasn't, you know, an announcement. Uh, Shazir Zamata. Uh, there we go. So my apologies. I don't know how I don't write that down. There we go. Uh, so we've got our full roster here. Uh, we'll go around and, and talk about everyone. On Sorry about that. Uh, I have to run up and use the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so back, we're talking about SNL. So here we are. Um, why, why is it not clicking? I don't know. Colin Jost, head writer, he gets himself on, on Weekend Update. Uh, Cecily Strong, not on Weekend Update. She says all the right things. She's talking about how she's happy to be back and the cast. She's happy to be doing the skits. Um, this is the best fit for her. Yeah, of course you have to say that. Your, one of your bosses, uh, is the head writer. And is doing Weekend Update and stays on. He's on Weekend Update. You're not. And so Colin Jost pairs up with Michael Che, who's good. He's a good straight man. He has great comedic timing. Uh, Colin Jost is It's just, I mean, how hard is it to write Weekend Update? You have, what, eight news bits? You have one or two guests? And then you have one bit where you're talking straight into the camera. I mean, that... That's what you're writing every week. Eight, two, and one. Eight, two, and one. Fill it in. You have a week to get it done. Uh, the, the, the cadence is, is pretty much the same. 
change it up even go back watch chevy chase do it that's how you do weekend update watch norm mcdonald do it watch tina fey do weekend update jeez it's you don't even have to go for that far back to watch tina fey amy poehler bring them back bring them back it's just horrible i'm not a fan of colin jost he should fire himself do the right thing fire yourself buddy you're not that funny you're not great on camera you're bland you're another white guy you're not saying anything funny your timing's not that great you're not even good at the straight man role blah and if you're behind writing all the sketches it's I don't know. It's they're suffering this season. They've got to find their voice. They've got to figure out what they're gonna do. Um, you know, let let your people go out there and, and do what they're good at. You have so much talent. It's ridiculous going down this list and and you can't get something to work out with all this talent. You know, Vanessa Bayer. Uh, let's see, Taryn Killam. Jeez, uh, Kate McKinnon. I mean, the so good so good so much energy they bring to to each sketch bobby moynihan i mean he brings his a game as much as he can cecily strong cecily strong is good as as a as a a actress on on the actual skits that was a long pause that was i struggled to find words there that was really bad um yeah, we're gonna wrap this up here uh pete davison new guy he's worth uh, keeping an eye out. Uh, I like everything he's done so far. Uh, next on our pop culture, we're going to talk about a new movie opening up, Birdman, really quickly. Uh, I'm going to try to check this out. Uh, hopefully be able to and come back with a, a review. Everything I've seen, though, it looks exciting. The premise of this movie, a former superhero actor uh, puts his own Broadway show to kind of show everyone he's relevant and still a good actor. Who do you get to start in that role? None only than the original Batman, Michael Keaton. Uh, great actor, Michael Keaton. Phenomenal actor. If you haven't seen anything he's really done outside of the original Batman and Batman Returns, uh, check out, um, you know, let me see, top of the, now I'm going to look this up. Uh, last year, last week, I did too much top of the head. Um, he, he did Mr. Mom. I got that from the top of my head. Uh, let's see. He also did, uh, what's that one with him in the newspapers? Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Bear with me. I'm sorry here. <clears throat> scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, let's see. Beetlejuice. Oh my God. How do I forget Beetlejuice? He did Beetlejuice. I mean, that's all you really have to see to see what kind of great actor this guy is. Um, my goodness. Where's the one? He's a newspaper writer, and then there's the other one where uh, the paper. Oh my God, really? The paper? How do I not? Oh, the paper. Go that you know, watch that. Uh, Multiplicity. He's really good in that one as well. Jackie Brown. I forgot he was in that. You know, so he, as I said, good, good actor. Um, just good work. Um, and, and so anyway, so here's this guy, all these roles in the 80s, uh, early 90s, and then everything is just overshadowed by Batman and, you know, Batman Returns, probably Beetlejuice. So the three movies he did with, um, oh my goodness, uh, how am I drawing a blank on the director of Batman? 
the director of Batman, please. I know you're, I get it. You're shouting this. You're like, Art, how do you forget who directs the original Batman? Crazy McGee. He works with, uh, uh, I'm just drawing a blank all around here. Words, words, words. Uh, all right. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. How do you forget that? Blah. I took notes. I took notes this week, and I stumble upon the three things I forget to write down. So Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, those are the two names I'm looking for. So the Michael Keaton, the three films he does with Tim uh, Tim Burton probably overshadow the rest of his career. And he, you know, he has done these roles to to try to get credibility to to his acting. So just a perfect casting on that. Round up some other people in the cast: Emma Stone, Zach Galifianakis, Naomi Watts, Ed Norton. I mean, just and and each of these characters, when you look at the description, they 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 describe each of these actors in and what they're known for. So, for example, Ed Norton plays a character who is a a very renowned method actor who gets really into it, and it's hard and difficult to work with. That's Ed Norton's mo. You know, he takes he he gets into the role. He's very um much into the character doesn't get out of the character and and it is difficult you know you, you have story upon story of the movies that he's he's done how difficult he can be to work with so i think that's great that these actors are willing to take these roles and kind of you know poke fun at themselves and and bring a, a lot of depth uh into the character uh, the director of birdman has also done Babel, 21 grams and beautiful uh, which was a spanish-speaking film uh so you, uh, from what I've heard, it's filmed in such a way that it looks like it's one shot, uh, except for a few sequences that are like dreamlike sequences. So I'm really excited about about this film just all around. So, you know, check that out. Um, and then while we're on the topic of films, uh, last week I talked about Gone Girl. I think I, real, I did a real injustice to uh, Ben Affleck. I kept talking about Ben Affleck, the actor versus Ben Affleck, the director. Uh, so I, I just wanted to touch upon, uh, some of the films that he's been in and do a little better justice really quickly on Ben Affleck. So some of the movies that he's been in, um, in recent, you know, so in the 21st century, uh, this is probably like 2004 and on that were just top notch, uh, Hollywood land, state of play, the company men, the town and Argo. Some of the films prior to that, that were horrible. Just, you know, I think part of the reason that Ben Affleck gets a bad rep in no specific order, Surviving Christmas, Jersey Girl, Geely, Daredevil, Pearl Harbor. Uh, I put Jersey Girl in that list just because uh, the gimmick of having Jennifer Lopez as his wife who passes away at the beginning of the film while they were dating, um, I thought that was that was gimmicky. Um, the movie's not that bad though. It's, uh, it's an interesting plot and, uh, you get, uh, some pretty good performances. Kevin, uh, Smith directed that and George Carlin was in it. Uh, whew, got through that one. No notes, uh, did not blow up like I did with the Tim Burton bit there. Thankfully I was able to remember, uh, everybody in Jersey girl. Um, and then before that list, he's in Goodwill Hunting and Chasing Amy, which phenomenal films. Uh, so on 
either end, Ben Affleck like uh, sandwiches these really good roles with some horrible roles. And he's also he's also in pretty much most things Kevin Smith does there at the early part of his career. Um, so he's he's in that you know. Uh, I'm drawing a blank again on some of those films. Uh, this is this is rough. I should have like protein or something for the some ginseng before I I start doing these podcasts. Um, from my memory, James Silent Bob Strike Back, Ben Affleck's, and that one making fun of himself. Goodness, he's in uh, Clerks Two. I believe he's in Clerks Two. He should be in Clerks Two as well. Uh, so you know. Uh, Repertoire player there, Kevin Smith in his films. And then also Gone Girl wanted to talk about uh, Roseman Pike, uh, who's the lead actress in that film. What a phenomenal, phenomenal job she did. A little bit of trivia. Reese Witherspoon optioned that book. She's the one who optioned it uh, and had the movie rights to it. And uh, when she's making all the casting, David Fincher gets hired. David Fincher tells her, no, you're not going to be in this film, which is a bold move. But Reese Witherspoon was able to acknowledge, you know, when when David Fincher says you're not right for this role, you're not right for this role. She would have been great in it. I, I personally feel that a lot of people have been saying, oh, thank goodness she didn't get cast. For those of you saying that, uh, look back at these following movies and tell me that Reese Witherspoon wouldn't have nailed this role. Uh, the movie, no specific orders, Fear, Cruel Intentions, uh, Election, and Twilight. Twilight, a little gem, and not a lot of people have seen it, 1998. Paul Newman's in this film. He plays a, a private eye. Great role by him in his later career. Also in this movie, Susan Sarandon, Gene Hackman, and Leave Schreiber. So just great, great actors in this film. Liv Schreiber is also the... The voice of 24-7. So for those of you who watch that show and you, you've been watching it for years now with the boxing and the hockey and hard knocks and you're like, where do I know this guy's voice from? Yeah, that's that's who it is. Speaking of 24-7, get a text message from my friend Jim and he says that HBO no longer doing 24-7. And I freaked out, like all caps text back, like, no, such a great series. If you've not seen 24-7 Hard Knocks or their the Winter Classic that they do, go on HBO Go, stream it from somewhere. I'm not saying do anything illegal. Don't do that. Just watch it. That's what I'm going to say. Find a way to watch that series. It's phenomenal. The boxing, uh, just a great look at the, the people who are these athletes um, and more so – the winter classic series that they did. They did three of them. Uh, so it was the Capitals. Um, and then the year after that, it was the Penguins. And then the year after that, uh, the Flyers. Um, so there was the first year with uh, Capitals. Uh, I forget who they play. And then you had uh, the Rangers and the Penguins. And then you had the Flyers. And who the Flyers play? The Flyers, was it the Bruins? That was, it wasn't Flyers-Bruins, was it? It might have been Flyers-Bruins. I'm just, man, again, just drawing a blank on all the teams. But I don't know, um, the Caps were in the first one, and then the Penguins were in the second one, and the Flyers were in the third one. I'll re-address this. 
next week as well. This is just embarrassing. I'm really embarrassed. I keep drawing a blank on all these things. Um, that's what I get for, like I said, taking some notes, but obviously these are half-assed notes as I keep forgetting. Um, let's just wrap this up. Let's let's bring it on home. Just keep making all these mistakes. This is this is garbage. And I know, uh, listeners, my apologies, but hey, it's a free product. What do you expect? What do you expect to get for a free product? You paid zero money for this. Zero money for me to put you to sleep. So much cheaper than over-the-counter medicine so you can get knocked out or that half liter of booze you would drink so you fall asleep. Just put on the Lion Eyes podcast and go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep. Last thing. Last thing. I teased it early in the story, early in the podcast. Two stories. We'll make them quick because I know you're losing steam here. Uh, one, I told you, near-death experience. The second one, just getting scared shitless. These are These are life stories. Earlier today, I'm driving home. I'm on a one-lane highway. This guy's going 20 miles per hour in a 40, 40 mile per hour zone. Traffic, there's like six, seven cars backed up. You know, everyone's tense. I get it. You know, this this guy is going really slow, puttering along. We finally get to a light, and in the light, that opens up to two lanes. I pull out to go in front because I'm the next car. So that lane, as soon as we approach it, is mine first. I get to make that decision. And the row of eight cars behind this guy, do I want to go over to the next lane? I say, yes, I'm going to go over the next lane so I can pass this guy who's going 20 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. As I pull over, I'm in that lane. The car behind me sped out to pass me as if I'm the one going 20 miles per hour. And her city little purple car comes like an inch away from my la rear view mirror on the my left side rear view mirror a little purple car one of those square cars looks like a, a hertz for a little person they're hideous she gets in front of me i honk the horn she's on the on oncoming traffic and so she had to swerve off not to hit me cuts me off now i'm following her so we're, we go, now the lane intersects and it gets onto, you know, a major highway. So it connects. So now we're on a major highway and she's just weaving in and out of traffic. And I'm watching this woman. And you know, when someone passes you off, all you really want to do is pass them. And it's just an, an instinct. And something in me was like, no, this woman is driving like a crazy person. So she's right in front of me, swerves to the left. There's a median there swerves to the right there's a car there slams on her brake because there's a car in front of her then swerves in between like she had inches on either side of her car swerves in between so all this is happening right in front of me swerves in between the car on the right hand side swerves so hard that she goes head on she's head on onto the side of the road so if you can picture this two-lane highway meeting on our left uh, laying on a, on my right and her right because she's in front of me and then a just grass. Okay. So she's going head first into the grass. That's how hard she cut her wheel. She corrects herself. The car rocks because again, it's one of those square little mini people hurts looking ugly pieces of shit. The car swerves. It, it's now it's on like two tires. She freaks out, corrects that. So now she weaves back. So the car tilts 
all the weight shifts on the on the right side tires now she hits the curb so the right side of the road curb hits that swerves back to the far lane that i'm on so now she's coming to me i hit my brakes there's a car behind me she corrects herself the last time goes back into the 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 right hand side hits her tire sounds like it pops okay and then she gets back and then she's on the right hand side finally hits her brake slash the car comes to a stop because you know she popped that one tire and i wanted to stop to help her i was like this is this is ridiculous so I, my emotions went from i hate you i kind of want you to die right now because she cut me off and that's what happens when you're in a car by yourself you just wish the worst upon people louis ck did a great bit on this go check this out i'm not going to rip it off or try to do it any better i have those emotions to then realizing i may die because i have this this idiot right in front of me swerving in and out left and right nonsense and then just great sympathy because she almost died that car almost flipped over she could have killed people so as i'm now telling this story i have now a third new emotion of just you're a horrible person that could have killed many a people with your erratic horrible stupid driving i one hope you're okay and two, fuck you. Those are my emotions about this situation. That's my, I almost died earlier today, but didn't. Thankfully, I'm here. My scared shitless story, I own a 30-foot sailboat, a 1983 Sabre 30, dragging my ass and getting some work done on it. I will be doing some work tomorrow. If next week on a podcast, I have not done any work, send me some nasty emails, just harsh harshly worded emails uh i decided to watch the movie all is lost starring robert redford came out last summer uh don't see that movie if uh you want to you know go sailing it is a this is not what you do tale is just a horrific hour 45 minutes of what can go wrong when sailing spoiler alert the boat sinks I watched that and was just like, bah, this is nonsense. So, uh, yeah, that just puts everything in perspective on, on, on this 30-foot piece of fiberglass that you own. Um, yeah, it's it's real. It's, it's real out there. Um, notes I got from the movie. Don't take the boat out uh, 1,700 nautical miles in the Indian Ocean. Step one, I wouldn't put myself in that situation. It still scares you shitless. You know, this is the thing you own. And the boat that he has in the movie looks very much like the boat I own. So very freakish to to watch that. Did scare the shit out of me. But like in a, in a positive way, like puts in perspective, like the power of of this, this boat that I own and, and what could happen. Uh, so... Those are my two stories. Um, got a reality check on on the boat and what it could do, and uh, also, you know, almost died. So I'm gonna close this out. I think uh, 55 minutes is more than enough for our second podcast. Again, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Lion Eyes Podcast or by email Lion Eyes Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, actual tweets. Uh, Nope, nothing yet, but I do want to share with you uh, some of the nonsense that we've gotten. So if I'm on the Twitter right now, we have 
eight people following us. One of them's myself. The other one is Milady. Uh, and then th two Twitter accounts that are exclusively made to get you more followers. And then a product which, unless they want to give me money, I'm not going to talk about them on the podcast. Um, I'm actually going to tweet them when I sign off and be like, hey, unless you want to sponsor us, get the fuck off. And then last but not least, this is actually a follower of mine, Zach Boychuk, uh, who is a player for the Carolina Hurricanes with the official Twitter checkmark. As soon as I saw this, I was like, who, who is this asshole pretending to be an actual hockey player on like follow me on Twitter. I click on it. It's got the official Twitter check. So no shit. The at Lion Eyes podcast. We have an official NHL player following me, which is kind of cool. I am a Carolina boy. So that's awesome. We're going to be tweeting him as well. Give him a shout out. This was honestly probably a huge mistake on whoever runs his Twitter account, but it's still cool as fuck. We got a real NHL player following the podcast. So again, get on that. Shout out at us, follow us at Lion Eyes Podcast. Send us an email. We'll read them on the air. Lioneyespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, sign up to get email announcements. Put that in the the uh, header, all caps, uh, email list, and I'll add your email to the list. Uh, we did get some uh, good reviews. Skip politics. See, so I listen to my my listeners. I value your opinion. We skipped that. Didn't talk about it that week and got this great quote. We're going to end on it from our number one listener, Pops. Quote, if you weren't my son, I'd have turned this shit off 10 minutes into it. So here we are at 57 minutes. Until tomorrow, good night.